You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Amen, amen, and amen. I'm glad to be in church this morning, are you? Amen. I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad I get the opportunity to preach this morning. I love the opportunity to preach because I get to share what the Lord has been doing in my own heart, and I am looking forward to uh, today. And so I hope that it will be an encouragement, it will be a strength, and it will be a help to you. If it's not, I encourage you to come back to 11 o'clock. Brother David will be preaching. And so come on, uh, and you'll get something good from him. And so looking forward to that at 11 and so a little bit different dynamic uh, to where I'm preaching this morning and then he is preaching at 11. And so I want to encourage you, if you can, stick around for that as well. It would be a blessing. This morning we find ourselves in Psalm chapter number 43. And I'm going to go ahead and read that one more time uh, just, or just read into it and then also just kind of talk about uh, what, what is going on, what is taking place in Psalm chapter 43 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. For thou art the God of my strength. Why do, doest thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? What we find here is many believe that this psalm was written by King David. And at this time, King David was, uh, you know, the rebellion of his son Absalom. And he was taking over the kingdom. And the people of the nation were turning to follow uh, Absalom. They were turning to follow uh, his son. And they were not choosing to follow the king. They were not choosing to follow uh, God's man here, King David. And basically, he's going before God uh, just asking, you know, uh, would you please uh, go before me? Make my case. Uh, God, would you please send deliverance? Would you please go before the people and give them the truth, give them the answers? He realizes that God is his strength, but he's feel, he still feels as if he's been cast away. Uh, he's sorrowful and because of the oppression that has come upon him. But then he makes a request to God. And that's what I want to focus on here this morning. He makes this request in verse number 3. The Bible says, O send out thy light and thy truth. That statement is so powerful. O send out thy light and thy truth. What is thy light? We find in John chapter 1 and verse number 6, the Bible says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We find in John 8, 12, it says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not follow, or shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John 12, 46, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. 1 John 1, 5, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. 
Revelation 21, 23, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Take your Bibles, please, to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. I read the wrong verse at the very beginning, and uh, it happened to have light in it, so praise the Lord for that. But John chapter 1, I went to 1 John chapter 1, so my apologies. John chapter 1, verses 6. The Bible says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is John the Baptist. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. So we know that, or that, excuse me, let's continue reading. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. What we find here in this passage is that Jesus Christ was the light. He was the true light. It wasn't John the Baptist. He was the one to bear witness of that light. He was to be one that would represent the light. We know that John the Baptist was not the light, but he was a light. We find that Jesus Christ was the light. And we find here in this passage of Psalm chapter number 43, it says, "Oh, send out thy light. And that is Jesus Christ. We also find that he says that to send thy truth. What is the truth? John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What we find here is that Jesus Christ is the truth. We find in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. We also find in John chapter 1, the Bible says in verse number 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 1 verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We find that Jesus Christ is the Word, and thy Word is truth. We find that Jesus is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. He is the light. And it's so important that we have that understanding before we go into uh, this message here this morning. Uh, David sent, or asked for a request from God saying, Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. That is David requesting. But one thing that we can rejoice in the fact that God has already sent him. And that's Jesus Christ. And we can have hope in that. I look at uh, David, uh, he was uh, at the very end of the chapter, he says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? He's wondering why he is so discouraged and why his soul is cast down. And he said, Why are you disquieted within me? He said, He's encouraging himself, hope in God. You can have hope in God because you know what? God will send the light. God will send the truth. And you know what? We can have hope in God today with all that is going on, with all the trials, with all the struggles, with all the problems that we are facing. We can have hope in God because he has sent the light. And he has sent the truth. And that was Jesus Christ. And praise the Lord, we have that. And so as we look, as we look at this passage this morning, I'd like us to just think about what his light and what his truth is for. In that next phrase, it says, Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Now we find here that Jesus Christ, let's go ahead and change that. Oh, send out 
thy son, Jesus Christ, let him lead me. We've understood the fact that he is the light, he is the truth. And with that, if we just let him lead me, God has a desire to take us to some places. God has a desire to take us to some destinations in our life that he wants us to, to, to be able to find ourselves in. And so the title of the message this morning is Destination Hotspots. And so destination hotspots, and we're going to go ahead and pray, and we're going to look at some of the destinations that God desires us to be at, to, to go, to be, uh, just to be able to, uh, just, excuse me, just to be able to be there. And so let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, I pray you just please help us here this morning. I pray that you challenge us, you would encourage us, you would strengthen us, you would guide us and direct us and lead us here this morning. God, I beg of you that you would just fill me with your Holy Spirit's power, that I'd be able just to declare the wonderful truths that you have just given to me, that you've shared with me uh, just on a simple morning just studying your word and just being able to dive in and just be able to hear your truth. And Lord, I pray that as you have encouraged me, I pray that I would be able to be the messenger and the encourager here this morning to be able to uh, just encourage our dear people. And I pray that we would just have a desire just to walk in you. And Lord, we love you and we thank you. We give you the glory and honor that you deserve in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we can make it to a destination, we have to have a pilot. We have to have somebody to take control, to lead us, to get us to where we are trying to go. I find it a joy to go on a plane. I find it a joy to travel. Now, I haven't traveled during COVID. Who has so far? Has anybody traveled on a plane during COVID? All right. I hear it's nicer because of the fact that you have a space in between, all right? So you don't have to worry about trying to save the row for yourself. But it is a problem with the masks, and everybody's super strict about the masks on the plane. So I haven't experienced that, so I can't say that I enjoy it maybe during this time. But I find it a joy to go on a plane. Why? Because there's a destination in sight. There's somewhere that I'm going. There's somewhere that I'm looking forward to being at. Now... Uh, with that, as we enter the plane, when you uh, walk on board, you, uh, you basically you can look to the left and you, you see the cockpit. You see it open and you see all the, the different uh, you know, buttons and switches and, and gadgets and gizmos. You see all the uh, different stuff that's going on and it looks a little bit overwhelming. It's like, man, are you sure you know how to fly this thing? And, you know, we kind of have a, we put a lot of faith in these pilots or we put a lot of faith in people that we've never even met, that we've never even, you know, uh, had time to sit down and talk with them to make sure that they really do care about our well-being. Uh, but, you know, we, we look at all these buttons and we look at all these switches, we look at all these things, and it's like, wow, what in the, you know, how in the world do they do that? And, you know, we look at... Uh, when you get on board and you get seated and everybody's getting ready to go and we're about to take off, they close the cockpit door. Now, why do they do that? One, probably because of safety, to make sure that it is safe, but also so that there's no distractions. You know how many people will probably come up and say, oh, what does that button do? Oh, what does that one do? Ooh, that's a big red one. Can I push it? And, you know, you just kind of imagine, you know, people coming up and down the aisle trying to figure out, you know, oh, how, what does this do? And getting all excited. I just think of children in a car. For example, you have 15 buttons in the car, and yet they find every way possible to push them in a matter of, you know, before you put the car in gear. Uh, you know, you look at, you know, the, 
what, what is always said, I remember as a child, you know, getting into somebody's car and it was, don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. Why is that? Because if you don't tell them that, it's, you know, turn up the AC, turn on the heater, you know, turn on the lights, you know, and your battery dies. Uh, you know, they're adjusting the seats going, you know, just kind of going all over the place. And, you know, they find, they find all these different things. It's like, man, I didn't even know that was here in the car, but you found it, you know, and, you know, th that feature. And so, you know, you kind of look at all those things and just... Uh, with that, you have, you know, these passengers or, you know, you have people that would be interested in, in that. But just think of, for example, if you've never driven a car, if you're a child, or maybe if you're, uh, you know, you're in that cockpit seat, you get placed there. You've never flown in your life before, but yet you're expected to get people to their destination. Realistically, it's probably not going to happen. You could try, and maybe some would be more successful than others. But realistically, trying to fly a plane for the very first time with passengers and making sure that, oh, I just put autopilot on, Brother Jordan. That's easy. No. But with that, you, and you look at this with life, we've never experienced life before. We're all jumping in the cockpit, you know, the seat of our own life and we're expected to be able to navigate and get where we're supposed to be with no experience whatsoever. All we know is what people have maybe told us about life, maybe what people have uh, directed us or guided us about life. But to be realistic with you, we cannot make it through life without somebody guiding us, without somebody leading us, without a pilot for our life. And so the first point this morning or uh, with that, the pilot, you know, we have to have, uh, you know, we the pilot, sorry, before we get to the first point, the pilot, you know, has that job, he has that responsibility to make sure that the passengers get to their destination safely. He has the responsibility to get there in a timely manner. Uh, we have to make sure uh, that we are realizing that we need a pilot in our life. We're going to need that help. And praise the Lord, God has given us the light. He has given us the truth so that we can have Jesus Christ pilot us through life. Why? Because he knows all about life. He's the one that created. He's the one that gave us life. He wants to pilot your life and get you safely to the destinations God has for you if you would just simply allow him. So what are some destination hotspots that God desires for us to find ourselves in or, or desires us to be? First, he desires to pilot me to his pattern. To pilot me to his pattern. Psalm 43, verse 3, it says, Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. With Jesus Christ, he ought to lead me. I look in Mark chapter 1, verse number 16, the Bible says, Now as he walked by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little further thence, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who also were in the ship, mending their nets. And Straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. What do we find here? We find that Jesus Christ 
set a pattern for these men to follow after. He said, you know what? Come, follow me. And we find that these disciples, they lived a life following after the Lord Jesus Christ. They followed his pattern. God has set a pattern for us to follow in our life. He desires for us to follow in his footsteps. We ought to walk in his ways. We ought to walk as the way that Jesus had walked. He has set that example for us to follow. What are some things that we are to pattern our life after? If we look at Galatians chapter number 5, Galatians chapter number 5 and verse number 22, the Bible says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. What we find here in this, the fruits of the Spirit. When we walk in Jesus Christ, we find ourselves walking in the Spirit, and we have those fruits thereof. And when we walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, when we choose the desire to follow after the pattern that He has sent for us, that He has given us, you know what? We will find that we are walking in love, that we are walking in joy, that we are walking in peace and in gentleness and goodness and long-suffering, faith, meekness and temperance. We find that we are walking in those things because we're walking in the way of Jesus Christ. So a destination that God desires us to be is to be following his pattern, to be led to his pattern that he has set for us. We find that he is to pilot me to purity. To pilot me to purity. Psalm 43, verse 3. It says, O send out thy light and thy truth. The next part is, let them bring me unto thy holy hill. What we find here is that God is holy. And in his presence, he is, he has holiness. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 16, it says, Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. With that, God is holy. And you know what? When we walk with Jesus Christ, when we allow him to pilot our life, to lead us, to guide us, to direct us where we ought to go, you know what will happen? Is we will have a desire to be holy. Why? Because God is holy. Because he is holy. And we have to come to an understanding that we have to walk in holiness. We have to let him lead us to that life of holiness. A desire to be pure from sin. To be pure from sin. We will have that desire to separate ourselves from the world, from the flesh, from the sin. I always think of this quote all the time. As I'm walking with the Lord, I pray and I ask and say, God... I know I cannot be sinless, but I can sure sin less. And with that, God, I'm begging you, please help me to sin less in my life. I know I can't be perfect. I know I can't do that. But I can sure try to be the best that I can be. I can sure try to be holy, to be pure from my sin, and walk as the way that Jesus had walked. He wants to pilot us to purity. He wants to pilot us to walk uh, in holiness and to be separated from the sin of this world. He desires for us to abstain from wickedness, to even uh, the appearance of it. He desires us not to have any fellowship with darkness, but to walk in the light and the truth, and that's to walk in purity. We find that Christ pilots us to his pattern. He pilots us to purity. 
Thirdly, he pilots us to his presence. To his presence. The presence of the Father. In Psalm 43, verse 3, it says, O send out thy light and thy truth. Going to that next part there, let them lead me to thy tabernacles. To thy tabernacles. The tabernacle is a picture of the Lord's presence. It's where the Lord dwelt. When we walk with Christ, we will find ourselves being led to the presence of God. That we have a desire to be close to God. A desire to spend time with God. A desire to be in the house of God. A desire to be around God's people. Why? Because we want that presence of God around us. 1 Timothy 2.5 For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. We find here that Jesus Christ, he was the mediator that tied both God and men. He brought them together. And with Christ being our pilot, he can lead us closer to Christ. He can lead us to where uh, we're supposed to be. He can lead us closer to the Father. The only reason why we have a relationship with the Father is because of His Son, Jesus Christ. And He gave Himself on the cross of Calvary for you and for me so that we could have life. We find that he pilots us to his presence. He pilots us to purity. He pilots us to his pattern. He also pilots me or pilots us to present. Psalm 33, or 43, uh, in verse number 4, we'll go there in just a second. Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Then will I go unto the altar of God. And that's verse number four there. Then will I go unto the altar of God. The altar was a place of sacrifice. The altar was a place where men would offer things unto the Lord as a gift. We ought to find ourselves offering things back to the Lord. We ought to find ourselves offering, making offerings unto the Lord to uh, just bring Him glory, just as a desire of love, back to God because He first loved me, that I just have a desire to love Him more. I look at Romans 12, 1, the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. God says in his word here that we ought to present our bodies, our life, just to the Lord saying, God, you're mine. God, you can use me in any way that you want. God, you can use me for your will and not my own. God, you can use me to make a difference in the lives of others. You can use me, God, to impact the next generation. You can use me, oh God, to impact our nation. You can use me, oh God, to change the life by spreading the gospel. There's so many different ways that we could be used of God if we would simply just present our lives unto the Lord saying, God, use me in any way that you'd want. We find here at that last of that verse, it says, which is your reasonable service. I think of that word reasonable. It's only reasonable that we serve God. You look at all that he's done for us. He's the one that has given us life. He's the one that has extended his grace and mercy. He's given us salvation. He has given us uh, just so many blessings that we could just count and name them one by one. And we could just look at all the goodness of God. And even if we didn't have those things, he still would be worthy of our sacrifice. He'd be worthy of our offering. 
It's only reasonable that we present ourselves, that we present a sacrifice unto the Lord. Now, I don't know if it's whether you're sacrificing your time. So often we use our time maybe for things that we have to do instead of the things that the Lord would want us to do. Remember, He's the one that gives us life. So we don't know when we're going to take our last breath. So whatever we do, whatever day we are in, we ought to make sure that some point in the day that we are using it to glorify God. Hopefully that it's all, of, all of it is glorifying Him. Whether it be presenting our time, whether it be presenting our talents, the abilities that God has given us. He has blessed us with so many abilities and so many different strengths in so many different areas. We can use that for the glory of God. So let's do so. We also look at the treasures. Financially, we're to offer back unto the Lord what He has so graciously given to us. He has given us the job that we have. Well, Brother Jordan, I did that all on my own ability. Well, the Lord's the one that's given us the ability. He's the one that's given us the life. And with that, we have to come to an understanding that all of it's His. Everything in this world is His. And we have to make sure that we have that understanding where we're not just holding on, but yet we're giving back to the Lord of, you know, just in, in joy and in excitement, the fact that He has blessed me, so I want to do as much as I can to keep His work going forward, to keep uh, the gospel going out. We ought to make those sacrifices, whether it be our time, our talents, or our treasures. But He pilots us to present to Him just a sacrifice. He pilots us to his presence, to be near to him, to be close to him, to have that relationship with him. He pilots us to be uh, in purity, to have that holiness about our life. He pilots us to live after the way that Jesus Christ had lived, that his pattern. And lastly, he pilots us to his praise, or to praise. He pilots us to praise Psalm 33, or 43, verse 4, the Bible says, Upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. We have to come to an understanding that we were created to praise the Lord. We were created to lift Him up, to exalt Him. Why? Because He is worthy of our praise. Let's go to Revelation chapter number 4, if you please take your Bibles there. Revelation chapter number 4. Revelation chapter number 4. Just want to read a few verses here. Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 8. We find here, And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is, and is to come. What we find here is these beasts resting not day and night, but continually giving glory to God, saying, holy, holy, holy. What we find in verse number 11 of chapter number 4, the Bible says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. We look at that verse and we can find that we were created for the pleasure of God, for His pleasure. 
for him to receive the glory and the honor through our lives. Let's go to chapter 5 and verse number 1. It says, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Who do we find here that was worthy? Jesus Christ. And he is worthy of our praise. Go ahead and go down to verse number 9. And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Verse number 12, the Bible says, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. You think about that? For all eternity, we are to praise him. And you know what? With our life, what God has given us, we ought to lift him up. We ought to bring him just that glory and power and uh, honor that he deserves. Because we aren't worthy, but he is. And with that, we ought to praise him. And when we walk with the Lord, you know what that's going to do? It's going to cause us to have a desire just to lift him up, to exalt him. With our life, when somebody compliments us or says something good about us, well, hey, praise the Lord because he's the one that's enabled me. He's the one that allowed me to do that. Praise the Lord because of his goodness, because of his grace, because of his mercy that he extended to me. I am who I am. We have to come to that understanding that God has, he desires us just to praise him. We were created for his pleasure. So let's make sure that we are pleasing him by exalting him and lifting him up. Five points this morning. He desires us to go to the destination of his pattern. Just to be in the pattern of Jesus Christ, to follow in his footsteps, to walk in his ways. God desires us to be in purity, to walk in holiness, to be real, to be genuine, to be true, to be one that, sin, that sins less. We can't be sinless, but we can sure sin less. He desires us to be in that place of purity. He desires us to be in his presence, just to fellowship, to be close with him. To be in his tabernacle. That's what God desires of us. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be that mediator. He pilots us and desires us to be 
one to present him with sacrifices, with offerings. We ought to present to him our time, our talents, our treasures. And lastly, we ought to go to that destination of praise where we just exalt him for all that he's done. We lift him up. We praise him because God is so good. And with that, we ought to lift him up and we ought to let God guide us and direct us. Destination hotspots, these are some ones that God wants us to be at. God desires us all to be there. Look at your life, evaluate and say, God, maybe I've been to some of these hotspots, these destinations, but not all of them. God, would you help me get to them? God, would you help me to work on this area? We ought to have that tender heart just willing to work on whatever the Lord is pointing out in our life. Let's make sure that we go to the destinations God has for us. How do we get there? Our pilot is Jesus Christ. Let him lead you, guide you, and direct you. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, we just want to thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord, just to be able to preach. And I'm so thankful for just your guidance in my life and just allowing you to lead. And Lord, I've been so blessed because of it. God, I've, I just think of all that you have done in my life and where I'd be without you, God. And my life would be on a pathway to destruction. It would be on a path uh, of heartache and sorrow. But God, with a life following after you, God, you will just guide me. You will help me through. You will get me through the turbulence of life. You will get me through the storms of life. You will uh, get me to where I'm supposed to be, God, safely. I know you will. And God, I pray that as David prayed and just sought out your truth and sought out your light, that you would send it. Lord, I pray that as you have already sent your son, Jesus Christ, who is the light, who is the truth, I pray that we would walk in the light and walk in the truth. That we would choose the fellowship with Christ, that we would follow in his footsteps, that we may find these destinations for our life. Lord, I pray that you please strengthen us, encourage us, and help us to live closer to you each and every day. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, as the piano begins to play, would you please stand and... If the Lord has spoken to you, I just encourage you, please come. The altar is open. Allow the Lord just to work in your life. Allow him to guide you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.